Katini, you grew up in a traditional Indian family, but your mother speaks Mandarin and teaches at the Chinese school. In what way did this, this upbringing uh, influence who you are and what you're doing today? Okay, so actually my dad insists that me and my sister also learned uh, Chinese. So we actually, uh, all three of us actually speak Mandarin and um, yeah it has been that way since small and we grew up in with that culture and my house is actually right beside a mosque so we were exposed uh, to this culture at a very young age and I feel culture basically is home to me and my family yeah so um, since henna is related to patterns and um in that way, I was exposed to batik prints, like my, my grandma used to tie like batik sarong and, um, you know, the ceramic, um, you know, like Chinese teapot and stuff like that. So, you know, those those patterns was already um, introduced to me at from a very young age, actually. Right. Okay. And, and in terms of sort of your art, this sort of racial hot pot that you kind of grew up in and were immersed in, how did that influence um, your art also in, in your choice of careers? Um, I think uh, part of me was, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the friends I have because when I actually, you know, um, have a conversation with them, they kind of open up my mind. Like they will actually say, hey, you know, you can actually um, go into this. And, you know, since you like henna, you can actually um, apply it to various um, design through, you know, like illustrations and all that. So I think um, having um, the right people around you kind of also matters yeah yeah multicultural because you've got right. friends who speak chinese because friends who speak tamil and malay and everything all right, over right. so you just yeah. get everything is coming at you so you don't there's no line between it everything's just one culture right yes exactly now you like, carry on <laughs> no i mean like because um because i mean growing up with various culture around me has never made me feel that it's different it was all just one to me and I think all three of those cultures was actually my culture. So in that way, I, I can't really specifically uh, define what did each specific culture influence mm-hmm. me because it's all, you know, just one for me. Now, your love of arts and, and culture led you to train and then work in the field of graphic design. Is that right? Yes. Can you correct. tell us about that? Um, yeah, so I started, um, I, I, when I was really small, I actually used to just, you know, those Microsoft Paint? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Oh yeah, paint. I still use that. Yeah, I know. So what I used I've to do that I think was to actually just create wallpapers for our desktop. So yeah, I just used to, you know, like just draw something or you know something scribble something on the computer and actually change our wallpaper and everything. So then I actually knew that I wanted to do something digitally. I didn't know what that was and then I was, you know, aware of graphic designing and that's how I venture into that actually. Okay, so how did you go from being in graphic design to getting drawn, notice the word I use the word drawn into the world of henna? 
Okay, so this is where it's interesting because Hannah actually uh, came before me wanting to oh. be a graphic designer. Yeah, so it all started off when I was in high school and I used to, I was actually in science stream. And I, yeah, I know exactly. So like I, I couldn't relate to what I was actually studying because my interest was all, you know, art. And uh, so what I used to do, I used to daydream a lot in class and that led me to doodling a lot like, you know, in my books or whatever, like paper or whatever, right? So through that doodling, my friends used to ask me like, hey, you know what, I have some colored pens, could you just draw like a bracelet for me or a ring? So actually, that was the start of doodling on people's um, hand, I would say. And, uh, and and as I was drawing, without the, the mindset of actually applying henna patterns on, on them, it was just like, oh, you want a bracelet? I just draw a bracelet for you. And from then on, like, you know, as, as I drew, it appeared like henna design. And, and it was actually my friends who were like, you know, hey, you know, this is exactly like the traditional art that, you know, that they have. You can actually do that as well. And actually, that was how it started through doodling, my doodling habits. Question though, how well did you do in school? Because you were not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I think I, uh, I was actually 16 years old. So you were you okay in class? I was not really, I was average. <laughs> <laughs> Daydreaming. Um, and so, 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 how did you, okay, so Hannah was in your life beforehand, before graphic art. art. Or be- before becoming a graphic artist, how then did you move from that to being a henna artist full time? Because uh, okay, so I would I wouldn't just call myself a henna artist. I would like to believe that I'm an artist in general. So I felt like being a graphic designing is is fun, but it's very minimal. It's very minimalistic. So. So I, I have a nine to five job where I actually just stare at the screen and it can, it is fun on like probably the first one month, but after that it might be, it actually became like a little rigid. So I would say like my henna art or basically just art after my work was actually an escape. It's like, you know, I always can't wait to actually go on to my second job. And and henna was also very therapeutic for me as, as well because not just uh, the drawing part, but it was also the scent from the natural paste because it comes from leaves. So all those actually contributed. And it was actually very therapeutic for me. It wasn't actually like a job. And that was the, the best part, I would, I would say. So then you decided to become uh, an artist full-time and focus more towards using henna as your medium yes correct how did you come about that decision um i think it was it was just experimenting because you know like when um when i was young and with the amazing support i had like at my house i've always um was i was given a chance to actually take the risk and even if everything fails, I can always lean back to, to you know, my, um, my 9 to 5 job. So it w- that wasn't a matter, I think, 
big cost mainly because I owe it to my family. It's because they they always, until today, they would say like, okay, you do you and we will just be by your side or we got your back. So I think, you know, um, I think being an artist, to be reassured that it's okay to fail is so important because being an artist is is also, in other words, it's like taking the road um, the road less taken. Yeah, so I think being reassured constantly is what made me pursue this. So, so your family's completely fine, your mom and dad. What did, what did your oh, mom and yeah. dad do? They, sorry? What are, were they artists as well? No, actually, they had no idea. I think, actually, I, I feel they might not even understand what I'm doing until today. But I think what keeps them going is just the smile on my face or the satisfaction or maybe, you know, even opportunities like you guys are giving me, it makes them feel like, okay, she must be doing something right. Like, I don't understand what she's doing, but there must be something right for her to be given a voice to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's beautiful because, you know, uh, with your sister as a doctor um, and in my personal experience, especially sort of coming for the, from the more uh, Indian or shall we just even say blanket Asian side of the family, choosing to be an artist is bound to get you uh, comparisons from family members and friends thinking you're, you're going the wrong way. It's not a good career, but you've had this amazing support, which is fantastic. But did you get any, I mean, like other people, your family supports you, but relatives did they go what are you doing la did they ever say that <laughs> all the time <laughs> all the time it can get a little uh, intimidating and yes the comparison is there without a doubt but i think this is where the beauty of my sister comes like i, I think i appreciate her more and more as i grow up because from small, even before I understood why she was saying what she was saying, she used to feed a lot of um, good thoughts and uh, a very positive mindset in me from a very young age. And I think it was it was also because of that fear of resentment. She never wanted me to feel small or... or she, I probably think it was from love. Like, she would never want me to resent her at the end of the day. So, from... From there, like, she used to keep on, like, saying, you know, what you're doing is so amazing. Never let what other people, you know, say put you down. You are not small. And so she used to do that. And I used to, like, you know, just, like, stand her and go, like, you know, why are you telling me all this? But as I grew up and, well, as, you know, like, when I was actually adulting, I knew how important that mm. was because I think... All those thoughts that was fed when we were younger is what actually um, sets our principles and values. So I think in that sense, I had a very strong foundation to keep me going because you have to have that. Yeah. So talking about the, the foundation to keep going um, and you referring to your business, okay, your business is very up close and personal, meaning you, you've got to be in front of a person literally to do a lot of the work that you do. Um, how did the pandemic affect you in your work? 
Okay, so since um, henna is mainly uh, applied for brides for weddings, so like every event industry, I was also very affected because a lot of weddings got postponed and cancelled and, you know, a lot of uncertainties came up. And um, I think it was really scary. And I think the, the cherry on top of the cake was when my laptop actually crashed as oh well. Oh, God. So it was, mm. oh, my God, it was really, really scary. And I feel like I, I could imagine myself on a hot pot. Because <laughs> at that time, you have commitments, you have bills, you, you don't want to rely on your family. And there were so many things. And I think... Secretly, I always had a, a wish or a wanting to actually explore like paintings and craft works and, and just the idea of selling my art in like, you know, a craft form. So I think that was when like, you know, since my laptop was taken away, I feel like all the distractions was taken away and I would call it a redirection. It redirected me to what I have been secretly wanting to try, but always been so afraid of trying. So yeah, that was, uh, I would call it a redirection. And I tried something completely new without even uh, a certain that it would work. And yeah, and, and shockingly, like I started selling one painting at first. I, I just posted it up on my social media and I realized the response was very overwhelming. And then it became like, I started taking orders. People just started placing orders. And uh, the the best part is when I, I started, um, it became so overwhelming that I had to restrict and actually take enough for what I could deliver. Right, um, right, okay. That time frame, yeah. By that point, Henna was just you couldn't do any henna. It was a big pause. Like it wasn't just henna. It was also graphic designing because I was also doing freelance right, graphic right. designing. So there was well. zero already from that side. You had to find. Yeah, it else. was zero because literally my computer just crashed mm. and I had issue and I think about six months my laptop wow. was was away from me for six months and yeah <sighs> that was. Oh but I love it. I love it. You know, sort of destiny forced your hand uh, to get you to start using canvas and, and, and paintings yeah. and stuff, make it go bigger. Fantastic. Um, and talking about your work, you don't just do, you know, uh, henna for weddings and, and, and your graphics work either. You also use uh, your henna artwork uh, for healing purposes as well through passion projects like working with cancer patients. Can you tell us about that? Okay, so at one point when I started doing henna for weddings only, it became a little repetitive because I was doing the same thing and I feel like there wasn't a meaning, there wasn't enough meaning to what I was mm, doing. Mm, mm. And uh, I think I was really seeking of, uh, of trying something um something that adds value or you know yeah and and just when i had that thought i received an email from a cancer patient and she was she dropped me an email and she said i i'm going through chemotherapy and i would like to ask you how much is it for me to get a henna crown because these henna crowns are actually uh, practiced in the western culture what is a henna crown 
Henna crown is actually uh, for those who goes through chemotherapy, those who actually, you know, their hair falls and all, right? So we actually draw a crown on their head. So it's basically a mandala pattern on their on the scalp of their head. Beautiful. Yeah. So actually, it's basically telling them that you know, like 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 you're going through enough. You are a survivor and you are a warrior. And let me embrace you with a crown. It's it's something like that. So then she emailed me and she said, like, could I actually uh, ask you for a price quotation? And and it so happened that at that moment, I was seeking to give for, to add value to my art. And everything just synced. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry about the price. Let me just do this. It was also an experiment. Like, I don't know why I just felt like doing that with without any profit because... Mm-hmm. It was an experiment. It was also a whole new ball game. I was also afraid to try something new. So I was like, "Don't worry about the price. Let me actually do this." And after doing it for her, I felt so satisfied. I think that satisfaction became an addiction because it <laughs> felt like, "Whoa, you know, I'm actually adding some value to my art, and it gives so much meaning to." so much more meaning to life not just art mm. and uh, my purpose of creating so that was a very a whole new spiritual experience and and that became a thing and i started doing this like um like free henna crowns for cancer survivors yeah so oh, yeah so you don't charge for that yeah I, i don't charge them actually for that i think it's it's so interesting how you know henna is a herb that has medicinal purposes and was used in ceremonies way back when and you're now bringing it back into the modern era with modern chemical healing treatments like chemotherapy uh, to use as sort of a balm not just for the soul but you know that is brilliant so that's your CSR thing that you're doing sorry so that's your little charity charitable thing that you're doing and you feel great doing it as well right Oh yes, and I think it was. It is not just. It's not just a therapy for them. I think it's very therapeutic for the artists as well. Mm. It's and then also the whole process of while you're drawing, you get to hear their stories mm. and you get to hear what are their struggles and how are they seeing life. So I feel like it connecting to their stories makes me as a human being just evolve. Like because you 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 actually tend to feel like. My God, my problems are so small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the real struggle you're seeing and hearing mm. and feeling. Yeah. Now, something fascinating you also do. Tell me, is this a Western tradition also? Because I've not seen it as part of Indian heritage. Um, you also put your art, your henna art, on baby bumps. Tell us yeah. about that. Okay, so this is also a Western culture. I think it started in um, USA actually. So, uh, baby bump, so belly henna is also, I think this is one of my favorites to do because usually when you draw henna, you would tell your clients to stay still, like, right. please don't move. <laughs> you know, like, I can't concentrate or I can't get the stroke right. right. But this is the only time you actually cannot ask your client to not move because you have no control. Right. Like, <laughs> As I'm drawing Little on hand the coming out. What? Baby. Wow. Baby in the wow. belly, right? Like, wow. As I'm drawing on the belly, you know, you want to draw a perfect circle, yeah. right? And then you suddenly see your hand moving. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all. So, I think that is actually really cute because 
you can't you that's the irony you can't just say the mom like can you please not move <laughs> I, i'm concentrating tell the baby to stop moving <laughs> yeah the baby is like making the decision and and it's so nice because it's like you are playing with him yes. and you're like okay you're just saying okay i'll just wait for you you know sometimes it takes a few minutes and i just have to patiently wait <laughs> it's like your ba- the baby is doing the artwork with you Yeah, right. You're exactly. in a dance with the baby. That is brilliant. Wow, beautiful. And, Now, and plus, I'm so sorry because okay. I'm so close to the belly. And usually, when I'm drawing and I'm talking to the mother, I feel like the baby can hear me. So it's it's also moving a little bit more because probably a very new voice. Mm-mm. is being heard yeah so I think that's just a really amazing experience that is brilliant now your uh, wedding uh, Hannah is yes. art right uh, yes. you've got a very unique twist on the designs you do can you just walk us quickly through the kind of process that you go through with the bride um, when it comes to doing the hands and feet because I think your angle is very very interesting is it different Okay, so I think uh, this is where, like, I would say my both worlds connect. So, like, my graphic designing knowledge comes so handy right now because I usually, um, before I do a wedding henna for my bride, I usually uh, call them and I actually uh, connect with them and I ask them what is their love story, how did you meet and stuff like that. So... As I'm talking to them and I would say like, you know, you can actually personalize your henna because I spend like six, I usually spend like six to seven hours to draw a henna design because they do their, their patterns up mm. till their elbow. So for me to spend six hours and for them to actually spend six hours with me, I feel like there should be more meaning to it. And why not let's customize it and have a love story in your henna. And this is not initiated by me. This has been done by an artist uh, from um, India. Her name is Sarah's Henna. She started this and and it became, you know, I think you just, when you're doing something or when you're creating something, it should have meaning. So that was how I started. And the best part is I usually sketch it out from the laptop. Oh, from- nice. Yeah, so it's like, it's so handy because I actually show them illustrations from my laptop and then I ask them, you can actually add on or remove any elements you want before I draw on your on your hands. So this happens like about, about a week before their wedding day or before their henna day. And uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's how it is. I show them a sketch, they add or remove any elements. And then when I meet them, I just straight away draw it from the drawings. Is it back though? I mean, like the business, are people getting married and then you, are you getting back some henna it business? Is, it has actually came back and then now it's another pause because <laughs> I had, yeah, but, but this time it's not as scary as it was because now I have uh, something else to lean mm. on and try out as mm. well. Yeah. Do you do men as well? Sorry? Do you do men? Oh, yes. I feel like, um, so this is uh, where I realized because I've been doing it for so many years and I usually take part in art bazaars and all that. And I can feel this art has evolved and came so long. Be- so it came so far because now at bazaars, I actually draw for more men than women. Brilliant. 
That's yeah. incredible. And uh, I think, you know, whilst we're going through MCO and things are slowing down a bit, uh, you know, people can still reach out to you and you can still have that initial conversation about their love story. Yeah. So you could be planning everything out because you've got your laptop back, haven't you? Yes. Oh, thank right. God. Okay, yeah. So you can start doing all of that so you can line up those brides <laughs> ready for the day. But I would love to just get henna for myself just for, you know, because I've always wondered about it, but it's always usually for women. Come, you know? let's go together. Yeah, we, we should, yeah. yeah. Uh, Katani, when, we, when you, we can travel again and see each other, you can do both of us. What would I... What? Wait, it would be a, a pleasure, trust me. But what <laughs> can I get for myself? It won't be a love story. So tonight, usually... It's it's really cute because when the guys come to me, they would say, "Can you write a draw a Liverpool logo?" Or oh, I don't like that already. I already don't wrong like that. Wrong football eh? team. Wrong, <laughs> wrong football team. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we don't want to hurt JD's feelings. Uh, normally, uh, for our special guest on Fridays. Um, JD creates and composes a free plug for you to use in your business across your social media platform. So take a listen to this. Weddings are something every girl dreams of. So it's of utmost importance that you get it right. The invites, the ceremony, the dress. And why not add a pop of colour to your special day? That's right. There's nothing better than the story of your love in an art piece on your own skin. Wait, how does that work? With Henna. And you want the best to do it for you. She's the keeper of color, the giver of light, Kartini Maniam, or just good old TMK. And now you can get inked not just for weddings, but to celebrate your baby bump or even putting a smile on cancer patients' faces. It's time to bring art into your life. Find Kartini on Instagram at TMK underscore Henna and get your Henna done today. That's your free plug. That's so nice. <laughs> Paint my love, Thank obviously. You so much. Perfect song for choice. Uh, well done, JD. We'll send that to you so you can use it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, put it I on really your. Appreciate the effort. It's, and the time you spend to Thank do you it. for doing all that you do for the cancer patients, for the uh, babies, uh, moms, and everything. How much would a, a henna cost? I'm just trying to figure out how much uh, everything would be for a wedding, you know? Okay, so for weddings, it, it depends on the artist as well. Um, like mine, the estimation is says two groups, simple and the grand ones. So the simple one is between 200 to 300 and the grand ones could go up to from 800 to at least 1,000. Oh, that's all right. So how can people find you, find out more, books a slot with you? Yeah. Okay, so they can reach out to me at TMK underscore Henna in my Instagram page. And um, in that page, you can actually get linked to my email as well. So you can drop me an email whenever. And uh, uh, the new venture that I started is TMK underscore Creates. So that is where I sell my craft works and paintings and all that. Was that the one I saw that you did some painting on a, on, a, on an elephant? Uh Yes, that's yes, one, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Brilliant. Very nice. I well, good it. luck with everything and keep painting the world colorful as you have been. Thank you so much. This was so fun. 